Welcome to the Zazcast, a podcast brought to you by Everything as a Service Journal, an online publication built to help technology solution providers identify and quickly tap into new sources of recurring revenue. I'm Jay McCall, co-founder of Everything as a Service Journal. Joining me shortly will be Mark Whiffen. He's the Senior Product Manager for Managed Workplace RMM at Barracuda MSP. Our topic today is five steps to building managed security services. And here's the premise. Cybersecurity is at the forefront of every business's IT initiative. Many MSPs are looking to add managed security services to their offerings, but many are afraid that they don't have the knowledge, expertise, and resources in place to start the transformation. For example, building a NOC or SOC and staffing it with qualified security experts can easily become a multi-million dollar investment, not to mention a huge time commitment. So how can MSPs take on a greater role providing security services without having to take on such a high risk? Let's get into our topic today. Hi, Mark. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. Glad to have the opportunity to come back and speak with you again this time. Yeah, it's great to have you. In fact, uh, the last time you joined us was uh, back in March. I think it was just before uh, the country went on lockdown and and the pandemic really went into full swing. So it uh, kind of seems like uh, in some regards, even though it's only been about seven months, it's in other senses, it's like a, a lifetime ago. It is. It's kind of interesting the way, you know, from our perspective that it, that kind of conversation has changed. But now combine that with we've also seen how the marketplace, I mean, how pointed of a conversation is it when you're talking about managed services and then working it into the, you know, modern, uh, you know, the very topical conversation today, which is SMBs and MSPs all have to transition to this complete, you know, a very more aggressive remote workforce model than ever before. So it's it's an interesting kind of uh, jump uh, fast forward. It was only you know what six months, yeah. but it feels like it's a big fast forward in terms of time frame. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it's interesting. Of all the things that have changed, certainly you know the need for uh, security uh, has not. If anything, you could argue that it's it's even greater now. Like you mentioned, with so many workers working remotely now, and um, so that's that's why you know we felt that this would be a perfect topic to share with our our listeners today. So let's just jump right into it. What have you seen in the market that can help MSPs who are still on the fence about adding managed security services to their offerings? Well, I think I like to start with differentiating that. It's kind of like if you if you look at, you know, MSSP trademark and, you know, kind of put it in that context of it's a very specialized, very demanding service. Uh, and it has its own true definition. So it's it's. But I think that the whole shift, the industry from a from an MSP and an RMM, a managed service perspective, is that bringing that extra layer of the portfolio. So it's not that you're delivering, you know, managed security services as a as a you know that kind of jokingly registered trademark, but that very specialized, that very advanced service. You what what you want to do is bring in all the other layers of security service offerings and being able to kind of merge that into your standard MSP portfolio. I think that's the that's the value add. And that's where I think that should knock people off the fence onto that side around the managed services, because it's not it's not just about, you know, 
becoming a managed security service provider is about transforming your existing services into a portfolio that includes managed services that have the security lens. I think that's a big a big factor. I think it's it's from from a lot of things that we're seeing, and you, you kind of let off the show with talking about that transition, you know, from that remote workforce, security has become a very pointed thing. So adding managed security services is is a very it's a very important thing. I think it's 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 very much now driving the business need because the security model has changed and the faster people can adapt, the better security it is to the SMB layer. So it just empowers MSPs a little further. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, one of the uh, stats I came across recently from the uh, MSP Day report, I believe it was, uh, says, you know, nearly all MSPs are looking to expand their services portfolio in 2020. And in fact, a significant 91% of partners said they are planning to increase the breadth and depth of their services capacity in the next 12 months. I'm just curious, with a statement like that, I mean, do you interpret that to mean that uh, for MSPs that are already offering services, are are these MSPs essentially already offering managed security services then? It's not really, but it is a bit of a hybrid approach in that sense, because the, the kind of, you know, the focus of a managed service, you know, MSP services, and then putting that security lens on is being able to turn around and now look at what they are offering. A lot of them do actually have security services. It's uh, firewall uh, email security, antivirus patch management, those are very common RMM-based product functions that most MSPs deliver or should be delivering or, or can deliver without a huge disruption in their service portfolio. But it allows them to shift into that security space, which, you know, it, it's that's also about the the scope of their breadth of service and then looking at whether, you know, they have additional service offerings around, uh, you know, focused more on more than just prevention. It's got to be also a remediation approach. So blending all of those different types of um, aspects around security, I think is a big factor. But if you look at really the value add, uh, it's it's still very necessary to be able to have that managed service portfolio and and being able to expand out on what they do and and react to a lot of different evolution in the market that we've seen in the last while. Sure. So, you know, outside of, you know, assessment tools to really get a handle on what's going on in a customer's environment, what should MSPs consider uh, when it comes to helping their clients secure their data, applications, and infrastructure? That's a big one because there's, there's a lot of different points, a lot of different focus you can have, but I think it has to start with security and I would tie it in with the RMM tool. As a foundational tool, the RMM really needs to be security focused, security lens, because it's what's going to enable the MSPs to be able to offer that scale of deployment, uh, but yet maintaining a security focus through that because it's going to be the, the that power of scalability and deployment that's going to be really driving an MSP's workforce. So if you think about that, in general, it's, you know, with a good RMM, a standard technician should be able to support 300 to 500 endpoints uh, across multiple sites that are not restricted to, you know, a small versus large size. But so you look at that scale, you take away the RMM, take away that service portfolio that that's delivered through the RMM. And now you probably have easily three technicians would do would be what is required to deliver the same the same amount of 
focus and service. And I, I think an important thing is to to put the MSP. The MSP goes out with with they stake their relationship and their business model and their branding on that relationship with their end customers. So they need to be able to consistently offer that and using things like the RMM. The security, you know, security assessment tools, risk assessment tools, what you're doing is you're putting your branding on the output of what they get. So that's where to kind of evolve the conversation a little bit. That's where bringing in the, the reporting tools become very important because that's the feedback unit that they get. So the MSP may be able to deliver the security portfolio, but now they also have to be able to, you know, scale it. So it's cost efficient. Make sure that their their reliability, their branding, their quality, their performance matches what the MSP has promised to the SMB, whether it's through SLAs or just brand recognition, you know, understanding what makes them powerful as an MSP. But then you bring that back in now, you really need to be able to deliver that with reporting. So when you start looking at, um, you know, that kind of cohesiveness, uh, the the flow not and on top of that, there's a bunch of different tool sets that you can use through an RMM that really help demonstrate all of that value um, about the data, the infrastructure, the appliances, and just a few quick examples. Uh, I would say you really have to think about things like the RMM's connection with the PSA. That's very important because it's about you know what's the device recognition, your billing portfolio. You really want to be able to streamline that part of it so that you're delivering security services and you have the output. We mentioned the reporting. That's very key to it. Uh, the risk assessment, security assessment tools, having that security focus in the RMM. These are really big, big components. But another one that, again, to, to tie back into the point at the beginning about the remote workforce, right now, I mean, more so than ever, we're seeing that the 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 absolute need for remote control connections, remote tools, is becoming very 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 prominent in terms of what an RMM can do and an MSP's ability to execute on that and again deliver that brand recognition that is paramount for them to be successful with their businesses and expand that you know that SMB customer base. Yeah, absolutely. You know, j- just thinking about the trend now of. Uh, workers working from home and, you know, everything I'm reading suggests that even, you know, once we're through this pandemic, there's still going to be a number of people, at least part of their work week is going to be working remotely. Do you feel like, like, are the RMM tools out there, are they equipped to really manage workers in this capacity? I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit. I I absolutely think so. I think, I think it's also, it's, it's a testimony to some of the power of what the, of you know the RMM can deliver it really, um, it really you really want to evolve that. So there's a couple different ways to look at it. I think one of them would also be looking at the MSP's business model and the MSP's maturity. The RMM is going to help deliver if if they're into more of a break fix model, so that they need to be able to just be a reactive, uh, you know, deliver implement a service. Then here's your bill then you know the rmm is going to have to be f- effective for them to be able to deploy that so that's where again things like remote the remote tools being able to maybe you know uh patching uh you tend to see some of the stuff like patching in particular move on to the second which is the billing model for you know predictive billing so you have a proactive service plan proactive model and i think that's where obviously most msps feel more comfortable because with that they have predictable billing they have income they have a scalability that they can define and work with and build portfolios of service offerings and then if you want to look at the growth of the business from the just surely from the MSP's perspective what's really what's really um, impressive from that sense is that they can look at their their SMB um, 
model and then say whether they need to expand into new services to help grow their business, to help augment what is currently being done. It's not just an expansion of, I need more devices. It could be the same amount of devices, but they're offering better and deeper service portfolio of, uh, effectiveness. So what you really do see there is, you know, the RMM becomes an absolutely lockstep tool because it, it, it becomes the way that they're able to, it's the hammer by which they're able to distribute their services. And so the quality of that hammer defines part of the quality of their business. How would you say that an RMM could help build better customer relationships? Uh, well, I would say you really need to look at um, the probably one of the most important, because it's particularly because it's visual, uh, would be reporting. Reporting has always got to be the RMM's key output. They need the strength of, you know, easy to use, deliverable reports. Ideally, you know, you have a mixture of either pre-existing or predefined, pre-canned, there's different terminology, but it's really about delivering that because that represents the work that was done. It's very hard to quantify what an RMM and an MSP are doing for a customer until you have an output. They don't know, especially if we tie back to the proactive business model where they really want to be, you know, predictive, uh, you know, patching and service deliveries. They, there's no quantifiable output unless you have a good, strong reporting engine. Now you have that tied in. And then if you, if you kind of align that also one step further with your PSA, now what you've done is you've created this whole model by which you can support implement, deliver, and then, you know, you have to demonstrate the function at the end with your reporting. I think the reporting is always one of the, you know, extremely strong elements that uh, gets taken for granted until the day somebody has to prove what their value has been. Sure. And I, I hear these stories from uh, MSPs, you know, one of the hard lessons some of them learn is that they, they do such a good job of keeping their customers' businesses up and running. And eventually the customer says, Hey, you know, why am I paying you every month? Everything's working fine. How about we go back to the old way and I'll call you yep. when something breaks and right? Well, oh, and I think part of the versatility of an MSP at that point is understanding that, well, they may have, you know, X amount of SMBs and it could be aligned in different, different business verticals. Um, I think what becomes really important there is, is also being able to to define that level of service that you want to give to a particular SMB. It's a certain adaptability, a certain customized approach. But I think, you know, something like a service plan where they go in and they say, you are my, you know, you're signed up for this bronze layer, this, you know, silver or gold or platinum, but it's defining that service plan, that service level that you have, which establishes service level of agreements and and that whole definition of what you're bringing to the table for, for the SMB's plan I think, and, you know, aligning that with the reporting, because that's where they go hand in hand, and then aligning it with the business value. And again, to tie it back in, because I think this is probably one of the most important things about an MSP is putting their brand on the table and having the service of delivery, the quality being able to be understood and quantifiable. So again, reporting, but that the service plan is just an ease by which you can do that. You could do it manually, but that's way more work. You want to you kind of streamline that through your RMM to get that that efficiency and and to to have a scope that's defined like an SLA because you know a lot of people are going to live and live and, and succeed based on SLAs. Now, I, I know VARs, MSPs, our listeners here today are everyone's at a different place in terms of like where they are down in the managed security services spectrum. But I'm wondering just to be able to give our listeners some actionable takeaways. If you could like sum it up in like, what are like the five key steps for MSPs to building a successful managed security offering? 
Yeah, uh, five is a good number. <laughs> it's a, it's a comfortable spot to go with because it's really it starts with you need to as an MSP, and we kind of alluded to this, but they need to be able to survey understand what is the existing customer needs, be able to, to define what that SMB business unit needs. What is What level of support do they need? What level of customization? What level of deployment are you going to have and understanding that? So first thing you start with is just understand your customer. You need to be able to speak to them, find out what they need, because going in and giving them the wrong, the, you know, the wrong service is, is not going to help anybody. I think the second step that comes out of that is once you understand what they're, what, what your customer needs are, the, the MSP can then define their own security service. So they can go in and say, this is what I'm comfortable offering. You want to look for competitive differentiation. Uh, and that's where right now, uh, risk assessment, security assessments are becoming big differentiators because of the, that high visible output. Uh, but on top of that, it's when you're defining your security service offering, there's a few little kind of tricks that you could you could incorporate that will help you uh, get an advantage uh, and deliver a stronger service, and that's you understand that maybe there's a, there's multiple, um, you know, a lot of different offerings. You may not have all the resources on the table today, but uh, but some of the successful, uh, you know, RMM companies have aligned themselves with outsourcing of the ability to provide managed services as an outsourced concept. So you could go in and say, well, I, I don't. I don't currently have a knock or a help desk, but I would really like to be able to have that. I don't have managed backup, but I would really like to be able to offer that in my service offering. So don't let the limitations of your own team um, and your own level of expertise be a block. Look for the vendors that have outsourcing because they can bring a lot to the table to to expand your portfolio because maybe you once you've, you know, like we said, you you surveyed, you saw what the customer needs. You, def, you need to define a service need but you don't have that service offering in your portfolio today. So maybe there's an easy bridge to gap that, which is look for a vendor, you know, and the RMM is a strong alignment model, but look for a vendor that helps you, you know, kind of be more, they can bring both the expertise and the scalability of, of outsource resourcing around your managed services. So don't, don't get boxed in on that one. Hey, well, one quick uh, follow-up to that. I, I like that thought, cause I think that really speaks to a lot of the, the fears that, some providers have is that, Hey, I don't have the resources to provide my own knock or sock services, but you're saying like, Hey, some of these uh, you know, security vendors offer these as outsource in your experience. When, when a MSP does use, you know, work with their, their vendor to offer these outsource services, is that more often a, a temporary situation until that MSP can grow its staff and then bring it back in house or what just curious on your experience there. It's a good question because um, personally, I mean, I, I have a fair bit of experience with this kind of that part of the industry. And um, I'd love to tell you you're right. And, you know, you're you're also kind of on a different page because it's 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 very ebb and flow. Some companies go with the model that they they actually want to they'll use the services as a stopgap while they build their own portfolio. That's a bit bigger. So they'll work through it and they'll grow that portfolio. And then all of a sudden they think that they're at a certain point where it makes sense now to them hire their own technicians who have that service, you know, uh, as part of their skill set. And then they will they'll phase out the managed portion, you know, managed as in outsourced managed. Uh, and then they'll they'll want to provide it directly. But then there seems to be a scalable approach that also happens where people can look at it and go, well, now that I've got my own in in-house, some companies then look at it and go, well, I've got to the point where I have so much managed service and I, I just have to continually scale and I have hiring challenges to find capable, competent, you know, technicians to work for me 
So then they end up doing the opposite. They look then, they go backwards and they look to how they can outsource it so that they can keep their team at this size and focus the team onto skills uh, and competency that generates higher revenue for them, knowing that I have the comfort level I've kind of built myself a safety net where I can outsource the managed services like backup or knock or help desk. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's a whole portfolio of that, but they, they've got a confidence, confidence level and a comfort now where they're like, I'm going to put those out with the vendor, let the vendor manage that, run the expertise, run the day to day, take the headache off my plate. And now I'm going to invest in other areas that I can't get easily get outsourced or too, it's too much aligned with my, my, core competency skills. So now I basically want to turn around and I want to have my team deliver that and then do the outsourcing. So it goes both ways. Some people, some MSPs will use it as just a growth model and some MSPs then turn around and come back and use it as just a part of the portfolio so they can grow in other directions. Okay. Makes sense. So, so we've got a couple points into our five points for uh, building a successful managed security service offering. So you mentioned survey and understand your uh, existing customers' needs, define your security services, and what would you say would be the next point after that? Yep. Well, it ties in very much what we were talking about, which is kind of think MSP friendly. So what you want to do is, uh, you know, if if you have a, a company that's going to work with you and build that partnership as an MSP, you want a company where you can put more onto the plate of that company. You want to build that relationship, build the dynamics. So you want to streamline to, to fewer vendors as possible. That doesn't mean you have to go, you know, one, one shop does everything, but you really want to look at what's their specialty, what are they known for, and how many of the services can I utilize so I don't have to shop around as much. So you really want to focus on that and it ties back in then. It's not just, you know, you want to streamline this, the, the vendors, but you also, again, look for a vendor maybe that can help you out of that growth model, which is outsourcing some of those managed services to provide. So if you look, kind of combine those two and you really summarize it as you want to think MSP friendly for that. Um, And understanding then about the vendors, that leads into the fourth one. Uh, The fourth point would probably be, you know, RMM, PSA tools are key components to delivering the services. So you want to look for a relationship between those because there's a very high number. We've done some informal uh, surveys uh, on our side and it's, you know, 80 to 90 plus percent of MSPs use PSA tools and they, and a very strong amount of those particular, uh, you know, MSPs are using it as their billing model. So you need that relationship so you can integrate you know, your, your service offerings with your security portfolio, and then still have your PSA integration. So you really want to make sure that you're not, you, you haven't separated those two uh, because most MSPs want that uh, alliance between the two products. And based on, I mean, the final one is really, uh, it's, it's, it's more about just educate yourself. The, the final point that's important is that you, you want to stay on top of the market. You want to look at what's happening. So there's vendors, there's there's other structural organizations that help CompTIA. Uh, there's a lot of evolving landscape. You want people involved in that. You want to educate yourself, talk to your peers, you know, talk to other MSPs. There's lots of different community forums, lots of different events. And after the lockdown, people will be in a rush to kind of go face to face and have those conversations at, you know, real live events. I mean, I always say, you know, be careful because not every MSP is in the same state, the same business model, or the same has the same level of of uh, you know core competency that that 
not necessarily every MSP is on the same page. So just be aware that maybe somebody doesn't have the same level of service offering you do, so they may have different advantages. But certainly the conversation is never bad. Just educate yourself so you can make a strong decision on what, what aligns with your business model and what vendors will help you support and grow that. It is a, is a partnership between the MSP and the, you know, the MSP-friendly vendors. Great advice, Mark. Hey, you know, um, one thing that came to mind, you know, in addition to these, you know, five tips for, you know, building a managed security services practice, uh, in, in your experience, are there any, you know, one or two pitfalls you sometimes see solution providers fall into that maybe you can uh, advise them about so they can avoid those as they're trying to expand their security services offerings? Yeah, I think I think it kind of ties into one of the first things we said, which is be comfortable, you know, uh, with with your service offering. Be able to grow it. Look at what your area is and how you're able to grow it. But really, um, if you if don't be afraid to put security service offerings to your customers, to to the SMBs, to all of those end customers that need the help. The trying to differentiate yourself as a security service provider is a growth model. Uh, I think it's also a level of maturity and it shows that you are actually understanding of the modern day threat analysis and the threat landscape that exists. So I would say that as differentiate, don't, don't go in and try to say I'm an MSSP today, but you do wanna go in and say, I am a security-based vendor. I'm a security-based MSP and I'm bringing security to your portfolio. Here's how I'm doing it. And we tie it into a lot of what we talked about, the, you know, a security assessment, being able to bring those, those maybe not so obvious, but they are security portfolio, portfolio deliveries, patching, antivirus, they're all security products that, and I think if, if people become comfortable with that journey of, I am now a security-based MSP, then I think the, the confidence and, and the business model will just follow it. Yeah, makes sense. Well, hey, we've covered a lot of ground here today. Um, you know, anything that we haven't touched upon that you'd like to kind of share in your closing thoughts here for our listeners? Well, I think we covered a lot. Uh, I think in general, like I, I really, um, I think the, there's two big takeaways that I, I, I've been finding now. I guess it's part of, you know, the lockdown and everything that's happening. And the first one is, you know, there's a lot of opportunity expanding your portfolio and expanding the way you do it. And a lot of that is bringing security to the front. Uh, I think there is no wrong uh, no wrong conversation to have about bringing security and, and have that conversation with the, you know, with the customers, because what one of the things that we've seen now is a lot of SMBs are in one of two modes because they've been forced to work from home. And a lot of their business model has changed is that you kind of have two groups. You either have the SMB units that have no technical people on premise. So it's, they're looking Everything they need is all to the MSP. So they, you know, they need that MSP to be able to guide, carry them, tell them what they need. And then there's a, a kind of a second, a second layer, a second model of, of those SMBs, which is ones that have a single IT tech. They may have one single person on there that does some IT, but they cannot carry the load themselves, especially as a transition into work from home. So that single technician, you know, may not have all of the expertise in a security portfolio or even in all of the service portfolio. So, you know, I think the MSP will have to identify where what they want to go and have that conversation, identify with the SMB of, are you just looking for somebody that's going to help augment your 
your one person who's already doing some technical work, or do you need me to take over the whole show uh, and, and work with them? Because it's, it's, it's a couple different approaches, but I think that bringing that to the table is an extremely important and critical delivery for an MSP. And then combining that with don't be afraid of, you know, when you have the conversation and you identify a need, even if you don't have the service, look for somebody who can help augment. Don't turn your back on the service, try to grow it. And if you have to use managed, you know, managed services on your end, professionally managed services by your vendors, that's something where it just, it again, it increases that brand recognition and that loyalty to understanding what the customer needs are and then being able to deliver them. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really focused on making sure customers are able to have the security conversation and then drive it into a remediation uh, and delivery step. Excellent. Well, I'd like to thank you again, Mark, for uh, being part of the uh, Zazcast and I look forward to uh, catching up with you again soon. You too. Thanks very much, Jay. Appreciate it. Once again, Mark articulately shared several actionable tips for MSPs. Listeners who'd like to hear more from Mark and other security services experts should check out Barracuda MSP's website, as well as the Security as a Service landing page on Everything as a Service Journal. I'll include links in the write-up summary for this podcast. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great day.